to overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. And welcome. Today we are with Dustin, the Poly Innovator. We are going to take a great leap in traditional learning today. It's awesome to have our next guest. Dustin, would you please introduce yourself and tell people how you got involved with what you're doing? Hi, yeah, thanks for having me, Ed. So when I started doing my Poly Innovator personal brand content creation, I was thinking, what could I do to start really building a name for myself? And at the same time, I was pursuing a lot of courses. I had basically put together a list on a Google Sheet of over 450 courses from edX, Coursera, FutureLearn, and I, I had just looked around on all these different universities, colleges, could never find a degree that I wanted. And so I just decided, screw it, I'm going to make one myself. So I created this like DIY degree on Google Sheets or Airtable, moved it around, started cutting back a little bit and realized, you know, I could actually do something with this. I could actually really pioneer an education revolution in a way by pursuing this, what I now call the modular degree. Yeah, I find that very interesting. You know, before we carry on with that, Let's clarify what a polymath is for people that may not know what a polymath is. Could you do that for people? Please? Yeah, for sure. And so before I even say that, I just want to say poly innovator, my personal brand being this idea of a polymath of innovation. And so going even smaller than that, a polymath is someone who's interdisciplinary and skilled in many different areas, or at the very least interested in many different areas. And when you try to take that interdisciplinary approach, people think that it's a lack of focus, but it's more of just the knowledge of a deep level of many different areas, but basically having this expertise in three or four different knowledge pools and being able to bridge them together in a unique way. Yeah, that I find it very interesting. You know, being a podcaster, you kind of have to be a polymath to do it properly. And I, I love yeah. what you're doing because it groups and combines a lot of different facets together. And a lot of people don't consume in the way that you or I may consume. And I find it very interesting that this learning technique that you are putting together with your modular degree, how did that come about? Yeah. So even more than just a technique per se, it's more of a framework. And so what I've tried to employ is being able to take the modern understanding of learning, because what we do in colleges is very actually quite ineffective. Like if you look at all the different methodologies of learning and actually retaining information, the idea of writing down flashcards and trying to retain it for a short term to take a test and then pass, that kind of basic learning does not stay 
in your system for very long. And as soon as you take that test, you oftentimes forget it. There is this idea of space repetition where you continuously over different intervals go back to that knowledge and try to remember it such as like if you're trying to remember a word but you stop using it after a week the drop-off is immense but if you go back to it after a day a week a month six months a year later by that point that particular word becomes so ingrained because you built a connection between the ability to retain that information and bring it into your conscious mind much more effectively. And so that idea of learning, space repetition, along with interleaving, which is the idea of kind of like a polymath where you're jumping between different subject areas. So if you're trying to learn about carpentry so you can build a house, but you also want to learn about the wiring for the electricity of the house, those are two different areas that you need to know. But if you're able to jump between them based on what your interest lies, you're going to be more interested in what you're learning, and you're going to have a little bit more time to focus, because you can only focus for so long on one thing. By interleaving, you can maximize your focus by just getting to focus on one thing, then the other, then the other, and jumping back between them. And that's what I wanted to go for. It's wonderful. You know, and we need more people innovating, like you have started something unique here. And I think if you keep going with this and integrate it with the traditional learning system, we have something that, you know, hone in and focus more on everybody's uniqueness. And I like the approach where you have this Lego analogy. This Lego analogy that you use is very interesting mm-hmm. because when we find out what we are interested in at the early age, That's when developing the learning really starts. And if we can hone in quick and early on that and start stacking these Legos for the individual learning, that's going to take away a lot of the frustrations later in life. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I remember in the fourth grade, my teacher was just horrid. I could not stand him. He could not stand me. And when we put a a classroom setting in the traditional manner like that, where the teacher and the student is butting heads and there's no way to fix that or resolve the issues, that affected my ability to learn in the traditional manner for years. And it still does in some aspects. So I really enjoy what you are doing out there. And I think if we can get more people with the mindset that you have doing similar projects, we're going to increase our learning ability, which strengthens our union in our nation, the world, and Mm -hmm. our family. So education is key. And the way you have put together this technique of learning, we, we really need to dive deeper into that. Finding these yeah. courses, how do you find the courses online to mingle in with your traditional learning system for those parents? There is a lot of nuance to what you said there. Let's first go back a little bit. I can't take credit for the Lego-like idea. Agant Agarwal, who was the CEO of uh, edX, one of the major MOOC education uh, course platforms, he is the one during one of the uh, conferences talked about this idea of Lego-like learning. And so that modality of putting together little pieces. So 
for example, in edX, they have micro bachelors, which is like a semester's worth of a bachelor's degree that you could take towards any particular bachelor's degree that's connected to them, or micro masters. Once again, these are just parts of a degree that you can kind of combine together in a Lego-like way. That's where that idea came from, and I, I ran off of that and made this idea of a modular education framework. And so the second thing you mentioned there a couple of times, there's a, this idea of traditional learning. What I'm doing is almost the antithesis of that, the antithesis of that, where it's, it's untraditional in a way. Because the traditional way of learning is going to school, taking courses in a very linear format, whereas I'm trying to take the opposite way. It's modular, where you can choose what you're learning next, either self-curation or a AI system curation now that we have the technology for it, or I'm even thinking of a digital mentor, which you mentioned your experience in the fourth grade, which I, I still can't put my head around how we can implement this in school just yet. I know Singapore, for example, is doing an AI assisted pedagogy system for elementary school kids. There's a school there where they're trying to use AI assisted learning. Like, hey, if this kid is not getting this particular subject matter very well, the AI will pick up on that and adjust accordingly. That's where I can kind of see this kind of fitting into, but I don't know enough about it to really give an opinion on that. What I will say is, too, is that the idea of that teacher really hindering your learning progress, I, I resonate with. I had great teachers and horrible teachers growing up, and that changes exactly how you're learning. For me, that kind of has to do with the course, what you're taking. So I'm not necessarily making the courses, although I, I am planning on going to make some courses in this idea, but um, I'm thinking about using traditional courses that we have already online, such as edX, uh, Coursera, FutureLearn, and all these other platforms that have already made Harvard and MIT courses that we can use, and then putting them together in a unique way for each person. So you can almost even think of it like a, like a uh, social network in a way, a peer-based system where if you make a modular degree for some kind of skill you want, you want to go make your own MBA or philosophy degree based around the collection of courses, and I want to do something for carpentry or i have a swim instructor so maybe i want to do something for fitness and you're like you know what i really like that fitness idea can i take your mantra degree and follow it and then we could share our particular developments and frameworks that we made and have kind of this communal aspect yeah like a wiki learn that's pretty mm -hmm. interesting i like that because you know a lot of people get greedy in this world and they want to make big bucks off of teaching people where I think if we could lessen the need for the greed in our learning, because the more free the learning is, the more apt we are to reach out to learn. I think that's a big aspect in this. The cost of most of these courses that I know I want to take, but I can't afford, well, that's a big aspect of learning. And if we can get a wiki type system where people are supplying these knowledge-based systems towards it, I really would enjoy hitting on that knowledge base. Going back to this Lego effect of learning with our learning management systems, how many LMS systems have you actually studied and how many of those would fit into that technique of learning? When, I, when you say studied, I've done my research and or used almost all of them. 
I don't necessarily have access to Blackboard of Canvas, but I definitely looked into them. I've even looked at, into 2U, which is another big one out there that a lot of colleges are using. And in my experience, I had to use something more on the entrepreneurial side, something that an entrepreneur can make a course with, such as Teachable, Thinkific, Kajabi. And then I've also looked into all of the WordPress plugin learning management systems, such as Tutor or LearnPress, uh, LearnDash, and even Master Study, which is a newer one. I found one that was interesting, which is Tutor LMS, but the, the actual tools for all of these are once again in the linear sense. So most, if you go to any course platform, everything is in a linear order. What I'm trying to do is change the way we think about how we can approach the learning. So let me, let me explain this concept that I've been toying with, is that I've been an avid video gamer all my life. And one thing I like to use as an example is Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Man game for the PlayStation where there's a skill tree in the menu that when you go into those skills, each one of those little skill bubbles is going to give you something new to do in the game, something new to learn how to use. And so you can think of the skill tree. You have the web swinging, the combat, and chemistry, which are different abilities for Spider-Man to do, either in combat or not. doesn't matter. But each of those little bubbles on the tree is a pathway where you're learning a new skill or a new tool or whatever. And what if we took that concept and applied it to learning? So instead of taking a, a MOOC, a massively open online course, where you have module one, two, three, four, all in one linear pattern where everyone's taking the same thing in the same way, and like you and I said too uh, earlier, is that not everyone consumes content the same, where when you take a MOOC, it can get kind of boring because you're just sitting there doing the same thing over and over again, watching. You watch a course, you take a quiz, you may do a discussion because they always want to push that peer-based learning, but they're pushing it. It should be more natural. And so you have, you literally have that order, video, video, quiz, discussion or question, and then move on to the next video, video, quiz. And so what I want to do is make that in a more modular sense. You have multiple videos and you get to choose which one you go to next. And perhaps there's a quiz. I don't know per se how we would go about uh, quantifying or understanding competency. That's something that we need to experiment with. But see a video, go down that path for let's say web slinging. Okay, I wanna watch videos on how to do the combat and just learning how to basically choose which one you're choosing. And it induces much more focus and can perhaps induce flow, which is the optimal state of focus that people say, like, I'm in the zone when I'm playing basketball or when I get that runner's high. That is the state of flow. And I want people to be able to get into that when they're learning. That's very interesting. So a lot of people, when we think of the traditional learning, we always have this goal or mindset I want to become a doctor. I want to become a lawyer. Mm. It starts being pushed early in our life. Well, you should be a doctor. You should be a fireman, whatever. But that doesn't always match our interest. A lot of this time that we waste on this mm. pre-learning that actually is very substantial in development early years I, I agree 100%. If you, we allow those kids to start early choosing what they want to consume and we build off of what they already are consuming instead of that linear style pointed in one direction and go with it and don't stop until you reach go, that mm -hmm. is heavy on not only 
our mindset, but our economic stance in our community living, everything is involved mm -hmm. with early stage learning. I think we're hitting on something here. If if we can enhance that and find the educators that can get this done, we need more people at the legislation level pushing this type of learning. And I've recently heard quite a bit more of this type of hands-on approach learning. That is mm -hmm. where we should be heading with our education. Have you hooked up with anybody of stature that is interested in sending you higher with people that really can get this implemented? I've talked to a handful of people at this point. You asked earlier, how can we find courses, stuff like that. There's a great resource where called classcentral.com, where they basically data, database all the different courses that get released. They make awesome blog posts to say, like, this is what came out this month. They even make guides like, hey, you want to learn data science? And you, here's the courses you want to take. That's an awesome resource. I connected with the CEO of that platform a while back, the Wall Shaw. He's he's really fascinating. And the the aspect behind education gets people so excited. I also had Aaron Smith, who came onto my show, the Polymath Polycast. He wrote a book called The Blank Check, where what if you were asked to reinvent public education? And it's a young adult novel about how he wants to build a perfect public school. And so I talked to him on my show and we were able to have a discussion about that. And so, yeah, I haven't connected with too many people just yet. What I've been focusing on with my networking is simply finding the more polymathic people at the moment, uh, considering that my show, I have multiple polycasts, but the main long form one is the interviews that I do. And I've been talking to like Aaron Smith and people who are polymathic on that show. The next season, I'm hoping to really talk to more educators and have a bit more of a education focus. That would be very interesting to start talking to educators in a format because that's where we actually need to start on the front line with the educators. These people are the people that teach us. I know I'm in my 50s, going on into my 60s now. And if we mm -hmm. stop learning, we will shrivel up. Because like you said earlier, yeah. you know, if we if we don't use it, we lose it. It's kind of uh, very interesting. Some things in our life change us. It's mm -hmm. beyond our control. And our ability to pick up from there and move forward, that's immense. I recently yeah. went through an injury, and I always worked with my hands. I knew how to fix things. Anything that needed repair, I could fix it. I could build a home, whatever. But this type of talking and learning how to be online, it sent me through a learning curve that I wasn't prepared for. Finding for the sure. yeah, finding the support to change who you are to who you need to be that's difficult to do so the more we can connect with people of the mindset of education and wanting people to learn it's going to advance us even more is that not correct 
Oh, for sure. And one thing that keeps bugging me that I want to mention too is that when I created the modular degree, I started out with the idea of just doing it for myself because obviously I made it because I was wanting to pursue my own education. But I, I wanted to document my journey. That's why I started my YouTube channel for the most part too. I knew I wanted to make videos, but I didn't know how I wanted to start, what I should talk about. And so I started making videos on that. And since then, I've kind of gone more broad and started talking about education and polymathy and other particular niches in a way. But it's interesting that you mentioned the idea of lifelong learning because I wanted a modular degree. I came up with the idea for people like you and me, people who, for me, I wanted this I wanted a college experience or some kind of learning experience like people would normally get at my age. For you, it might be a pivot of career. You're at the age now where it's a prime time. They're like, hey, you know what? I want to do something new for the next 20 years. And one thing I found out over these past 25 years of my life is that there's a big subset of the population who are polymathic, people who want to do many different things. And for the past 100 years, since the schools were developed in the way they are now, actually, we have been conforming our society to this idea of specialties and becoming specialists. But there's a decent amount of population who are interdisciplinary by nature, or at the very least want to be, and we're squandering their potential by forcing them to be specialists. So I wanted a modular degree to not only be able to revolutionize how we approach just learning, in general, like we talked about earlier, like how we using interleaving and space out repetition and really approaching the learning modalities and how we actually retain information neuroscience wise, but also for the people who are polymathic or need to pivot careers like you might particularly if you had an energy for your hands and that was your main job, well, now you have to do something new. And so now you're in a new career and your point, you have so much potential now. And so this is a perfect chance for you to, if I had it set up already, for you to take a modular degree and like, okay, I want to learn about podcast creation, content creation, omni-channel marketing, video creation, all this kind of cool new stuff that came out over the past decade. There's a lot to learn. And you have to be polymathic, like you said, to be a podcaster, let alone YouTuber or content creator as a whole. And so I think that having a modular degree would be a, way, a good way of learning all that. Yeah, that's interesting. The mindset of the individual out there is, I think, naturally just a polymath, to hone in on the skill of it. I, I listened to your podcast. I've been binge listening. That's there was, awesome. Yeah, that's how you learn. There was an episode where I believe it's your current episode about learning quicker by speeding up the audio or video <laughs> that you're actually listening yeah. to. That's a challenge, but mm -hmm. yet... I find that very interesting, and I'm going to start trying that because naturally, I listen to a podcast as I'm doing other things. I might have to be working on the website doing things, but why not listen as you are doing something simple? Uh, a lot of people mm -hmm. find that difficult to do. I, I find it pretty easy. So speeding it, it just up. just depends on how you maintain focus. Yeah. Now, speeding that up, I find that challenging. How quickly do you shift to that quicker learning? Firstly, I think it also depends, like we keep alluding to, is that the way people think. It's not everyone learns differently. So, for example, we were talking about beforehand having a video podcast versus an audio podcast. And most of the people nowadays are doing both. They're making video of their podcast and putting it on YouTube. We are talking about internet speeds and how that's not always 
for everyone. But let's say a listener who's watching, who's listening to this right now, wants to see my hand gestures or expressions. So they go over to your YouTube channel and watch it there. Some people are more visual learners. Some people are more auditory learners. Some people want to be hands-on. And so trying to cater your content as a creator is really important. That's why my main series, the Omni Content, is omni-channel. So you'll, make, you'll find a blog post, video, po- polycast, uh, slideshow, and social media posts all around this one particular episode. That way anybody who's wanting to learn will can find their particular way of learning. And I think the way that you're talking about there, how you can focus on doing what you're doing while listening some people can't because they want to hear every word that's coming out of that person's mouth. And if you're focusing on like building something with your hands, then you're not necessarily hearing the words so much. It's like I had a friend who came on the show that, that I host. He talked about how when he listens to audiobooks, he wants to have the book in front of him, whether it's digital or not. He wants to read the words as they're speaking it. And that's hmm. how he gets the most retention versus some people can't do both at the same time. They only want one or the other. I like to listen to audiobooks on a walk. I can't really do it while working out where a lot of other people can. So I, th- I think it's interesting. And like we said earlier, it's a very personal thing where if you know your way of learning, that helps, but you have to discover it too if you don't know it. And then one more thing before I stop rambling here is the idea of speeding it up takes time. I could not get past 1.25, 1.5x speed for a couple of years. It took a couple of years before that happened, but the jump between 1.5 to 2.5 and 3x was like only eight months to a year. And I was actively watching videos every day. I, I would sometimes finish a 30 hour course in one day because I was able to get it down to 15 hours. And so I would spend 15 hours of my day just watching the course. But I had the ability to do so at that particular point. So I think that practice makes perfect, but yeah. Yes, that's true. Practice makes perfect in anything that we do in a life. Mm-hmm. How far do you intend to take this modular education? By that, I mean, how many subjects are you diving into? And are you doing this like with content creators as a group? Or are you going after more? dot edu type universities public schools Mm -hmm. things like that it's a good question and i mean i need to find a way to explain the modular degree better and there's actually one thing i came up with recently that it's not just the modular degree it's also the modular education framework so there's two different kind of concepts here the modular degree is just something that i want to be able to apply for people to like you and i who either need a fresh start or a pivot or something like that and so we need to learn an mba skill like i've met people who are similar to me where they built their own education there's laurie's no pay mba uh jonathan harbour's uh philosophy degree that he made scott young's mit challenge all three of those people pursued their own self-education as if it yeah. was a degree. They formulated it and it's a degree. That's kind of the idea that I was trying to go over with the modular degree, but create a framework that people can use. So instead of doing it from scratch like they did and like how I did, they could have a template that could base it off of and they choose what courses they put in there. Now, for the most part, it's not accredited. It's not going through any school or education unless you make it that way. There is CLEP tests and those test out credits you can get. And if you base your degree in the right way, you could take courses from edX and then take a CLEP test on it and get a college credit for it. So there is ways to make it accredited, but that's not necessarily a focus. The focus is learning versus the modular education framework where it's about the the way we learn. Because I never learned much in high school. 
I spent most of my time drawing or writing. And I remember my best educational experience of learning in high school was when I went to the library and in a matter of a few months, burned through the entire world religion and philosophy section of that library. I just read all the books that I had interested in. And that was my best learning experience. And I want people to have that same drive and apply it towards something that could be educational. So it's not about, per se, who's making the courses. It's about how you organize the courses and how you pursue the courses and learning how to learn. So what I expected people to do is I created this self-education mini course that I made where people can learn about autodidactism, this idea of self-teaching, and learn about the Feynman technique of breaking things down, and learn about how self-education, self-development, and self-improvement are all different things. And if you could maximize those things in a unique way and prosperous way for yourself, then you're going to be much more successful. This actually evolved into something I'm working on right now, which I haven't talked about very much, so your podcast gets a little bit of a sneak peek, this idea of a personal poly-innovation system. So the modular education, I don't want to get too uh, off-topic per se, but modular education is part of this self-education portion. But I also have self-improvement, which could be like atomic habits and just understanding your habits and systems and consistency of those, as well as self-development, which is like an exponential factor where you have your mind-to-body connection, your spirituality, your emotional intelligence. Those areas can be very much a catalyst for your success. So I have all three in this system. On your website, you have a lot of Mm -hmm. content. And... You obviously do your own website, and this is a WordPress Mm -hmm. website. Are you planning on putting more courses online here for people to learn? And I notice you have a collaboration. Are you looking for people to collaborate with you on more courses? Like, I know a few people with online courses. Are you looking to coordinate to offer courses on your website? That's a good question. And we talked about learning management systems before. And for the longest time, I was using Tutor LMS. And they, they actually offered an ability to have other instructors on the platform. I just found that most of the learning management systems were broken in a way. And they weren't able to do what I wanted to do, especially. And so... I don't see myself in the near future having other instructors on the platform. I don't even see myself using the platform very much unless I can make my own learning management system using pods or custom post types because I don't think I can make what I want to make with a skill tree-based education with traditional LMSs. It's a good question too. And what I'm thinking is right now is creating courses and books and trying to talk about this and change people's minds first because you have to influence people not just by proof but also just by sharing the knowledge and i feel that i am too early on to be making big changes like that where i'm causing a platform to be created i'm going to need help for sure that collaboration tab is more for like collaborating on videos for youtube or having podcast guests like i come on your show you come on my show that's what that collaboration tab is i'm glad you actually saw that that means you were doing your digging so i respect that um especially since I was editing my website over the past couple of weeks too. So you might've had a hard time finding some things. And then there's also the idea of uh, that personal poly innovation systems kind of becoming my main focus. And so modular education is definitely not getting pushed back at all. Cause that's part of the system, but I'm thinking about how I can present it. Cause just in this 
podcast interview alone, I think I've done better at explaining at it, but I still don't think I've made it concise enough for people to understand. Well, well, really, Dustin, I, I think you're onto something, and I think more people, as they find out about what you are doing, they're going to want to hook onto this because it's interesting, it's innovative. A lot of people are not set in that mindset to challenge the traditional learning. We need more of that. Mm -hmm. With that, is there anything else you'd like people to know about the Poly Innovator and what you're all about? Yeah. So once again, it, the idea of a poly innovator is the idea of a polymath of innovation. So my two main niches, if you want to get into the marketing terms aspect, is polymathy, meaning the idea of a person who does many different things. A great example is Leonardo da Vinci and even modern Elon Musk. So some, someone who becomes highly skilled in many different areas, which is part of the motivation for me to pursue my own modular degree, because I wanted a degree that allowed me to focus on those different areas. And then the idea of innovation. So I want to be the person who's able to innovate things in the world to make a change. The first one I decided to focus on, I was looking at the sustainable development goals by the UN. And the one that attracted me the most was education, which is what drove this idea for this modular education framework. So if people want to learn more, they can go to the website, polyinnovator.space. And I'm currently updating it this week and next week, trying to make it more simple for people to understand because I don't convey the terms very well on the website just yet and so my main series is the omni content where i'm creating i'm actually about to create a, a little mini series about polymath in like what is a generalist what is a multi-potentialite what is a polymath what is a poly innovator i'll be making this series so people can see and get an idea of that and then down the line a little bit i'll be creating more and more videos and polycasts on the modular degree itself and that's what I'm hoping to make a template for people to use as well as start working on the actual course and book for people to look forward to. Yeah, that's great. I like what you're doing, Dustin. Uh, a lot Thank of people you. are going to find you and I see a great future for what you're doing. Keep doing it. It takes time and effort. You're still very young and with the mind that you have, I see great things coming out of you, and I encourage you to just reach out to more and more people. Change this world. I'm about done. You have quite a bit left, and I really enjoy finding people that challenge the status quo here. Thank you, Ed. And I actually disagree. You are halfway through your life right now. You said you're, what, 55? That means <laughs> yeah. you still, most people live to be 100, 110. You still got, and by the time you're 100, we'll probably have life-extending technology or something like that. So you have double your life ahead of you right now. And so you're, you're only halfway through. So don't, don't even think that. So like, like you said, challenging a norm idea. I'm challenging your particular normal idea in your head that you're done. You're not done. You have a whole bunch more you can do in the world. <laughs> That's encouraging, Dustin. I want to thank you for being part of Dead America and you've already told people how to get a hold of you. Wonderful having you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, day. Ed, for having me. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe, and join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon.
wherever you may be.